Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance. Hey, sorry. Okay, it's working. All okay. right. Episode eight, Social Witnessing, with two more of our favorite people. Two people I've known since the uh, beginning of high school, I believe, which now seems like a solid 85 years ago. Amy and Sam, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Hi. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Hi, Neve. Hi, Michelle. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay. How are we doing? I think we're doing well. (laughs) Doing well? Yeah. Yeah. How's life? Tell us. We haven't gotten the chance to speak to you in uh, quite some time. We spoke a little bit by text a little while back, but uh, what's life been like for you guys over the last one to two months um I think that life has been in ways kind of the same some ways very different good and bad I think (laughs) (laughs) so life for us okay so both of our kids are at home now you know 24 hours a a day of course as it is for everyone so before our three-year-old was in in, full-time daycare he was in daycare and our and our uh, other kid had uh you know take her to like music class and stuff like that all that's over so now it's like both kids at home lots of energy inside outside every you know meals and then amy is working a lot and uh, has to deal with the stress of uh, potentially bringing COVID home. And so that's a lot of stress for her, but she's doing well. Yeah, Amy, we'd love to hear about that or whatever you're comfortable talking about and don't feel pressure to, because I know a lot of like some of the other healthcare workers kind of I've spoken to privately, they kind of just, they don't even want to talk about it a lot of the time. They just, they really are just trying to kind of really put that part, uh, just work, keep it separate and then not think about it the rest of the time. But so whatever you're comfortable, you work, you're, um, um, a doctor and you also, you you work at like a, a family practice and you're also, you said, mentioned you're working at a hospital as well. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I work at kind of like an outpatient family practice in Vancouver. I also work at, um, a hospital and I just do obstetric care there. So, um, Luckily, most uh, pregnant people tend to be pretty healthy, um, but then you're still like in the hospital setting. And of course, pregnant people, like anyone, can still have COVID. And um, there's lots of, you know, like things around that where you're just trying to make sure that everyone is as protected as possible and not transmitting the disease. I mean, I feel like I try to separate life and work, but I, I think it's impossible right now. I'm like all consumed, you know, and you just, it's hard not to like keep researching and what's coming out because everything is so new. And so how do I help patients and help myself um, better to protect like ourselves and our families and treat people better um, without like you know almost being all consumed so it's yeah 
It's kind of crazy. And so, sorry, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that's maybe something that I don't think everyone forgets, but I think a lot of people forget when we think about healthcare professionals is that they have families and they have lives too. Like they're not just at the hospital 24 seven waiting to care for the next person. Like they still have to go home and care for their families and be a member of a family unit. So there's, you know, that extra stress that, that comes with it. So I think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's important for us all, all to remember. I know like downtown, we do a lot of cheering for healthcare workers, but even when I think about it, I only think of people at work and you forget like at some point they're not at work and there's that constant stress of, of taking it home right. and, and affecting right. your family. So yeah. yeah. I mean, for Amy, she really is deeply concerned because I'm healthy, but I have a heart condition. So if I get COVID and it's bad, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. dead, you know? And so for her, that's very uh, stressful and upsetting to think about right. too much. Uh, and, you know, we got two kids and, uh, so she is very careful and everything we do, we weigh with that in mind. Mm-hmm. So. And Amy, how, how much protection are you getting at the hospital? Let's say when you're there, like, are, are you guys all wearing masks around the clock? Um, mm-hmm. I assume. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, um, the health authorities have, um, different guidelines and they, you know, now are kind of stabilizing out, but really as things were evolving, like it went from, okay, only if someone is suspected to have, you know, some kind of like respiratory illness, do you need to put on a mask um, to like, it's just that the next day they say, no, you don't need to wear a mask. And then to this point now, everyone is wearing masks all the time um most people and it really varies to be honest like you'll see physicians and nurses in the hospitals where they kind of just have the mask to you'll see people where they're like fully covered where you basically can only see like their eyes Mm -hmm. you know but we have to also wear um goggles so i wear glasses but i also have goggles on top of my glasses so um and then like a hair cover and then lots of people will wear like a, a full gown, sometimes two gowns, like on their front and back, and then wear scrubs underneath. Um, if like, for example, if I'm going into help with a C-section, everyone has to wear what's called an N95 mask. So it's like 95% of the particles that are very tiny, you don't get through. Um, and you guys probably heard about N95 masks and 3M and all this stuff. But um So we wear one of those underneath a surgical mask. Um, And then there's all, there's very specific procedures of how to put on the equipment, how to take it off so you don't contaminate yourself. You always have a partner or buddy you're supposed to who make sure that you put your stuff on right. You make sure they put their stuff on right and that you take it off properly. Um, So it's pretty intensive. Wow. Well, yeah. I guess uh, on I guess the the bright side is that uh, in BC we still have all the equipment, whereas I, you know a lot of people, a lot of places are struggling to even give their healthcare workers all that, that all the stuff that you basically just talked about. So that's mm-hmm. you know I guess I guess the good side of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean they are putting in procedures in place to try to um, reuse certain equipment, like they're trying to. Um, 
figure out how can we reuse the N95 masks because, you know, all, all these things are in shortage. Um, but like there have been studies done that they can put the masks in like a special cleaning machine called an autoclave um, to see if that kills enough of the bacteria to make them safe to use again. So I know that the hospital I work at is, is doing that, like they're trying to reuse the masks safely. Are the N95 single use or is it like a... They are. Yeah, they're meant to be single use. But now because of all the shortages, people are doing research to see how can we reuse them. They do have reusable plastic ones that have filters. um, And some people in the hospital do have Mm. those. Interesting. Yeah, I know like um, we know people that have worked in other clinics or are working at different hospitals. And I know some people are wearing the full face shield. They're wearing the face mm-hmm, shield yeah. instead. So in the clinic, I um, also wear a face shield when I see patients. So just because it's it's droplets, so it's on the droplets on mm-hmm. our breath. Um, so it's not airborne, um, but just again, so on those droplets. So if you're, they travel a certain distance, right? So that's why our physical distancing. But if you have the face shield on too, if someone is kind of, talking at you they're too close it also kind of covers the side Mm. of your face um so yeah it's intimidating I think as a patient walking in yeah I was gonna say as like you you've been pregnant twice I've been pregnant before and our neighbor is having a baby she's due within the next few days and I was saying to Yaniv like what a time to be doing that like I think it's nerve-wracking enough anyway and then to add that yeah. layer on top, like, I don't think I could ever be clean enough or sure enough, because I think even then I have, <laughs> you know, all the anxieties that come with being pregnant, you know, so, and right. then to add that on as well. Right. And I think that there's a big, you know, people are really concerned too, because you don't have the same support networks, like not only in the delivery room. So at certain hospitals that are COVID sites, only the person delivering the babies allowed um, at the site I work at, it's not a COVID site specifically. So you can have one support person. Um, and that in and of itself, sometimes is very difficult because if people want like mm-hmm. a, a doula as well, that's kind of not, you can't do that right now. Um, and so it definitely is difficult for people and not just the delivery. I mean, after you can't you know, see your friends, like my sister just had a baby. And, you know, we had to cancel this is right when, you know, everything just started, but like, cancel the meal train, cancel the support, and then you're already kind of isolated when you have a newborn baby. Um, And then to not have that extra family and friend support, I think is just even that's probably the hardest. Yeah, I think think so too. Congratulations, Jenny. I didn't know she just had a baby. I didn't know either. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, oh, wow. congrats, Jenny. If you ever end up listening yeah, to this, yeah. we love you. And uh, you're, you're going to do great and stay strong. <laughs> I think they are That's doing good. great. Um, yeah. So I, I was just going to say, because I know this comes up a lot when we talk to parents, but I don't think other people totally understand the how we always emphasize that our kids are home 24-7. Like, to what you said, Sam, it's, they're home now. And I don't think in, in our culture mm-hmm. that parents are used to having their kids 24 seven, like that's just, we don't live in these um, extended family groups here on like commonly, yeah. it's not a common thing. So usually like these 
individual families, you know, you have to outsource some of your childcare because you just don't have the support. So now that everyone's at home, like, how are you guys doing? How do you like, how are you structuring your days? How are you getting by? (laughs) (laughs) Well, our, our, the days are sort of divided between days when Amy is at work for 24 hours or a day when Amy is at work for a part of the day and then home in the afternoon and then days when Amy's at home and, and, uh, those days when Amy's at home are obviously the easiest. Uh, the half days are also not bad because uh, the kids have, we've, I've developed a very sort of set routine that I do, I do with them around uh, doing something in the morning and then a meal and doing something in the afternoon, then mom comes home uh, or she comes home and then we do something. So they, the routine has been very, very good, but uh uh, yeah, definitely a lot more exhaustion, like f- actually falling asleep yeah. on the couch at six <laughs> o'clock, which it like almost never happens yeah. before because it is it is a lot of energy output for two kids with a lot of. One thing, though, that Sam, yeah, that Sam and I have commented on, and I think that other parents with more than, you know, with multiple kids have said, is that this is like the first opportunity where they've had, where they've been at home together. And like our kids, a lot, even a lot, though, a lot. yeah. Because they, they were before. They were at home, but Sophie but not, was so yeah. young. Sophie's older now. So you're kind of like one and a half and three, almost four. Dave becomes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Which I feel like wouldn't would have come much later yeah. had they not been forced together. Like I mean, this. it's not like there isn't <laughs> battles and fighting, but there's also like doing things together, running around together, mm-hmm. playing something together, even uh, enjoying moments together, and uh, torturing each other, torturing each other, torturing your parents. <laughs> uh, but it's actually like. So everything in life is uh, made small and simplified. And in a lot of ways, that's incredibly mm-hmm. positive uh, mm-hmm. and incredibly beneficial for children and at least, or at least our kids in just like their lives are really enriched right now. Yeah. I, they're missing friends and doing things with friends and the things that parents can't quite provide. But I think that their like development as people have been enormously positively impacted by this actually. And Sam, how much how much social distancing are you guys actually doing on a day to day since Amy's out of the house a lot? We do not go within six to eight feet of anyone. Like we don't see people. We don't see we really just people. See, like don't. obviously, I go to work, but like a- other than that, Amy is the only vector of. Or if I go to the store, and but I like I'm very careful. Uh, right, so you, overly probably overly cautious, but so you're still going out for like groceries and stuff like that. Are you taking the kids to the park? I never stopped. Yeah, we we. We don't have, right. we have to. So. Like we'll go to like an open field and bring our own stuff, like yeah, soccer yeah. ball and stuff like that, or bubbles. Or, we are lucky because yeah. we live in a part of the city where there is more space mm-hmm. and people 
I would say 99% of the people you encounter will give you a wide berth and respect that you're out there with your kids and that we have to avoid mm-hmm. each other. So it has been, that's been very positive of everyone kind of pulling together in these small ways that I think make a big difference. Right. And well, okay. So um, Amy, uh, there's a lot of debate, I guess, uh, amongst people who don't really know much like us, for example, and even on this podcast, we've talked to some people who are more lax on this whole thing and others who are on the more uh, anxiety ridden side of the spectrum. And so it's nice to have someone who has actual knowledge and is in the field. You know, how, how serious is it? How serious should everybody be taking the social distancing, the stay at home? Um, How, yeah, how, I don't want to say how bad, but how serious is the situation in the hospitals and amongst healthcare workers? Um, I mean, I think it's serious, right? I think that, it's, it's hard, like, to find that balance of, do I just freak out? Like, I know people who are like, and even physicians who are like, I won't leave the house and I, you know, take my kids to an abandoned parking lot for 10 minutes and they advise their, you know, patients to do the same uh, versus people are like, oh, I think everyone's overreacting. Um, no big deal. And these are also could be healthcare providers, right? So, I think you kind of have to find the balance. Like, I think Bonnie Henry is amazing. I feel like she's given really sound, like, directive to um, BC, also to healthcare providers. Scientifically. She's our health minister. Yeah. She's the, not the health minister. No, but she's. I don't know. The head of of COVID, essentially. She's basically on the news, like, every day telling everybody what to do. She's the person who's directing the government's response right. for, for uh, the. Yeah. So she's she's like the chief. Yeah, she. So she's the provincial health. Provincial health. Provincial health officer. Provincial health officer. She's just um, the provincial health officer who happens to know everything. Well, about yeah. well, she. Um, <laughs> well, she was out east during SARS. Yeah. Yeah. Right, she and was, I think she also was involved in like an Ebola. I don't know oh oh maybe I don't know but anyway I feel like she's been like an amazing guide Um, and I think she's the big reason of why BC is doing so well I think that um, you know as things have been improving um, they definitely do get the sense even though Sam is you know it's true that we are lucky to live in an area that it's not so dense and that people do tend to give a little bit more space, but like more and more you see more crowds of people and you're like, I don't think you're all like a nuclear Mm -hmm. family. I don't, you know. um, So I think that people are exhausting of, you know, the recommendation, even though I think that it is really important that we do continue to socially distance um, to make sure. And again, like I kind of have this conversation um, a lot in that, you know, I think that people originally were kind of waiting for COVID to go back in a box. And like, 
it's never going back in a box, right? It's out, it's here. Um, you know, right now we're able to control like our own actions and control our borders, but eventually those things open mm-hmm. up, right? And so now it's a waiting game to go, well, do enough people, have they had the virus? And now hopefully their, you know, antibody testing is, you know, they have said that antibody testing will be starting. I don't know how available it will be, but then we'll get a better sense of who has truly had the disease, who's recovered, who may or may not be immune. Again, we don't know how long people are going to be immune because this is all very new, right? So it's all changing information as we go. But like, as we test more people, we see who's immune. Do we have enough of a buffer where they have a, you know, this thing called herd immunity? That's why we like to give people vaccines so that we don't have big um, disease outbreaks because enough people are immune that they don't pass it to every person that they encounter. With COVID, nobody has immunity, right? So that's the problem. Um, and so everybody is at risk because you don't have that immune memory. Um, so either enough people will get the disease um, and be immune to it that it's protective and things can lighten up and we're not going to just pass it to everybody because enough people have had it versus we continue this um, until there's a vaccine, which Mm -hmm. who knows, right? That could be a year and a half, two years plus. Um, So, you know, I don't know. I mean, nobody has a crystal ball. There are definitely smarter people functioning this whole thing than me. Um, But I think that that's kind of one of two ways that that might play out. And that's why we have yeah. to continue. To yeah, and that's what it is serious. Like, like Bonnie Henry says, wash mm-hmm. your hands, social distance, all that will just continue. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think this is, we're like, this is the Yeah, I think haul. like we were talking to Tal about that yesterday too. Like, even if they do say, okay, you know what? You can go out now, but social distance, keep keep your space. But yeah, everybody go out. You know, if you want to go into the office one day a week, you can, et cetera. So if they start saying that, mm-hmm. I mean, you're already working, so it's not the, the same I, I like it's not the same, but right. for everyone else, like we were asking her, right. do you do it? And like her, her thought right. was, well, I don't want to be the guinea pig. And I think that's definitely Yaniv's thought. And I, I'm right there too, but I think there's people who are not introverts, you know, and are really, are really struggling right now that eventually are going to be like, I'll risk getting sick because I can't live like this anymore. Like I just not thriving. Yeah. Right. I, I can't imagine being a single person, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. I think that would be incredibly, incredibly difficult right now. Like, in a lot of ways, we're lucky we have two kids. Got- Somebody who doesn't mm-hmm. like their family. Or even, or even the people that are in dangerous situations. Like, it's easy enough. It's right. very it, easy absolutely. for us to say, hey, yeah. stay at home. Like, but I come home and yeah, I yeah. don't face abuse. I'm not in danger. So Right. I just yeah. thought of this. But I think that people start to need to start thinking of COVID like a sexually transmitted infection. Like essentially you're sleeping with any person that mm-hmm. person has slept with, right? It's the same thing with COVID. You're you're communicating like when you're in contact with their breath, yeah. you're like in moist communication with <laughs> yeah, their moist breath with everyone that they've moist breathed with. Did you guys see that uh, moist yeah. breathing oh. video? And then, but then I also yeah. saw it's one of the best things. And but then I also saw like a commentary <laughs> on, uh, I think maybe even TikTok. I was saying like, listen, if the worst thing we have in our country is is a prime minister who says moist breathing, then we're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> oh. 
Did yeah. you see the like the uh, what is I don't know what it was like a music no I didn't see it. it basically oh uh, you got to see that the remix <laughs> yes yes yeah. they remixed his statements in a hilarious manner yeah so I guess uh, I guess the question is where do we go from here and do you see this now as like a waiting game um, or do you have like I know I know you guys were thinking of moving potentially moving back to Victoria before this all started um mm-hmm. what's what's your thinking now are you just kind of hunkered down and just waiting it out waiting for information or do you have kind of a plan going forward um I mean we ha- we still plan to move I mean to be honest I feel like this um, along with other factors has been like, I need to get yeah. out of the city, mm-hmm. you know, just like that feeling of like people being too close. And then also I think like a reminder that I really like slow life. Like I'm okay with like some space and not having to rush everywhere. And I'm okay with that. I prefer it. So it kind of made me feel more, um, or just like happier in that decision. I don't know how you feel. Moving to the second largest city in BC (laughs) instead of the largest city. (laughs) Small town life. We're all going to move to like Cranbrook or some some sleepy town now. (laughs) What's the cabin in the woods? No, what's the one in the eastern part of the state that Carly, where Carly lives? Oh, province. Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. State. Oh, <laughs> and Sam, you have uh, speaking of, of states, you have a lot of family down in the states. I do. I, I have a lot of family that live in New York and New oh, wow. York City and Brooklyn uh, Island. I have family and all over. Ha- the have US. you been keeping yeah, up to date uh, with them? And how, what's their situation like? Yeah, like I have, um, I have a second cousin uh, who lives in the city and she has not left her apartment in oh, wow. two and a half months because she has uh, autoimmune disease, I think. And uh, yeah, their, their lives are nuts mm-hmm. because it's so dense there. Uh, and my parents are both almost 80. They live in Montana in a city called Missoula. That isn't, uh, that's not a ton of people, but they are they're doing like extreme social distancing and living on uh, beans mm. and rice. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, what are people? But like, yeah, what are people doing when they can't order groceries online? And that, but you also can't go to the grocery store. I guess you really have to rely on you. You, you go pardon? to the grocery store. Yeah, you, you yeah. yeah, you have no choice. Store. You don't have a choice. <laughs> Most places don't have food delivery. That's mm. like a big city thing, and. Uh, People are, you go to the grocery store, you be really careful, you wash your hands, maybe someone can do it for you, uh, and you just social distance. And are they doing the same service. thing like we have here where the first hour is for seniors and auto, um, I'm not sure, the, I yeah, people with autoimmune issues? Yeah, yeah, I don't, mm. I don't know if that, if they are, maybe I know they're doing the like seven o'clock. Everyone bangs on mm-hmm. pots right. and pans. It makes noise. Yeah, I just um, I know that then f- I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but everything I know about the states is through news, and most of it is really 
left-leaning yeah negative and left-leaning just because we're Canada and that's probably the view they're presenting us with but I've I've seen ones where people are just you know everybody go out just get it like who cares but I think they forget that like yeah they they'll probably all make it they they just reopened the beaches in Florida like yeah yeah. what is going on yeah the toxic politics of the right wing in America has made a bad situation mm-hmm. much worse and is going to make it much worse. Like the South Dakota, the governor there refused to institute any social distancing policies or anything like that. And now they have like a, the worst outbreak in the, in the country in South Dakota, a place where you really should be able to. Yeah. That's the thing is you can oh, argue wow. and you can fight it, but you're, you're going to see like the, there's no avoiding now. So like, if you want to make it po- political, then you're going to find out. Yeah. But uh, the irony is I think that these people who are pushing uh, to not social distance and to quote unquote, get the economy open, mm-hmm. they don't care that people are dying. And, and I would bet any amount I'd bet my entire net worth of saying people are are doing very strict social distancing themselves. <laughs> I think I think it's really sad when we don't yeah. consider the people around us. Like, I I really do, and especially my my first like after about two weeks, I really struggled. And there was a point where I said to me, like, I just want to get it. I like I can't. I I'm not. I'm not an introvert. I don't. I don't stay home all the time. Yeah. I go. I think we've had comments where people are like, "Why don't you and Yaniv go out all like together all the time?" And I'm like, "That is not who Yaniv is. <laughs> like, I'm out. I'm just out. I like hanging out." <laughs> but I yeah. And then like it, just the points he brought up and things like that. And then my aunt who we see almost five days a week. You know, she's over seventy. And then it turned into like, well, if I get it and I give it to her then I could kill like one of the yeah. most special people in my life, my life. Yeah. So I just don't see yeah. why other people can't think that way to be like, Hey, you know what, maybe, you know, this is temporary. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be forever. Things are going to change. Even if this is long-term, this isn't forever. Like at some point things will start to change. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just don't totally understand that view of money is more important than people's lives. And I just don't totally get it. Or to, or to kind of be mm-hmm. fatalistic about it all and you know you know what I mean it's like we have to be better than that and I actually think BC and the population here has done an exemplary thing you know there's a reason why BC is as far as I can tell one of the most functional places for mm-hmm. fighting this because I think people have taken it seriously, at least enough people. I still think people here don't really yeah. want to talk yeah. to each other. Anymore. Yeah, fine with it. Gives them a good excuse. We just found our excuse. <laughs> they already want a social and physical distance in BC, at least in Vancouver. So they. But I think too, like even in our building, we've seen so many signs of people. We have a lot of seniors in our building, but people putting up signs saying like, "I'll go pick up your groceries for you," you know all those sorts of things and then even in the beginning where we didn't know if we could leave our house or not um there's tons of people on craigslist who are like out there and for like a reasonable fee will go and you know because they're out anyway and they'll just you know go do your errands and and things that you need to get done that you can't do online which i thought was pretty that's pretty amazing Mm -hmm. to live in a place where you know there's people that are like i have to go to work anyway i'm out anyway i don't mind 
you know, doing something on the side to help other people out. Like, even if it's for profit, I even think that even like people being willing to do that is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. I, the guy who delivers your groceries or the person you pay to do a little errand for you is they're taking a risk and uh, Mm -hmm. helping someone out. And that should not be underappreciated. Yeah. So, um, at the end of every episode, we kind of try and lighten the mood a little bit. And I think it's maybe been been a bit even heavier um, today. So maybe, Amy, as someone who's kind of out there, <laughs> I, Wait, I'm going to put, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Sorry, put you on the spot, Amy, as someone who's out there. But like, okay. first off, if you have any kind of uh, more serious like advice or directive to people that you feel maybe the people who aren't taking it as seriously and you don't have to, if you, if you think everybody just, you know, has their life, they make their own decision, that sort of thing, then that's totally fine. But if you do have some kind of thoughts on that, and then maybe um, either something positive that you've seen come out of this or kind of some thoughts that you have going forward um, toward the positive side of the spectrum. um, I'll I'll leave you with that. Sure. Um, I guess in terms of like advice or directives, I I don't want to give out like medical advice, but I I do think that people should pay attention to Bonnie Henry. I think that her her advice and um, directive is is sound and like and very reasonable and measured. Even if you don't want to do it, I think that she's really gotten us through this. So I would look to her to be honest. Um, in terms of kind of the light side of it, I think that despite like the, the social distancing or like new term of physical distancing, um, I think that people are kind of working to reconnect with each other even more. And even just talking to people about like, just that slowdown, like not rushing everywhere, not going to 10 classes and taking your kids to everything. Like you actually get to spend time with them, you know, make the connections, whether that's through like a zoom or a, like mm-hmm. when right. is the last time we've spoken Yeah, a long time. Right. So like you, you kind of get this chance to actually take a little step back, reconnect with people, um, kind of remember the people that, you know, you love and that you're trying to protect by staying home, by physical distancing, by doing those things, right? So I think that's a real positive because we tend to forget that mm-hmm. in our busy yeah, lives. Yeah, I totally agree. And and Sam, how about you? Any Any positive takeaways? Uh... Yeah, I feel very similar to Amy. I think I think actually the slowdown is, you know, it's happening for the wrong reasons, but I think it is positive in that it makes people reflect on the things that really matter to them. And maybe when they come out of this, however slowly, people will have a new attitude towards each other, towards us as a people, you know, uh, and also, I'm sure you have noticed the mm. air mm-hmm. is very clean, yeah. and that that is incredible. It's like you can go outside, and it's a pretty bright city <laughs> for and, those going outside. <laughs> yeah, well, go go on your deck, go on your deck, and look up at the sky. You can see the Big Dipper 
in the city really in the middle in, at night that is no. not something that you normally could see well it's normally very cloudy but if it's not cloudy you can see the big dipper it's kind of amazing because normally just the smogginess which is not crazy bad in vancouver but it's enough and everything else kills the stars and you can see the stars and i think our health is better for it and our environment yeah that's awesome i didn't know that i'm gonna have to check that out yeah go check out that <laughs> getting back paper. to basics <laughs> <laughs> that's right really just want to be a i a yokel in the yeah, woods. Yeah, us too, now more than ever. Yeah. All right, well, okay. thank you so much for coming on. I know, Amy, that you're, you're crazy busy, um, but you. we'd love to have you both on anytime you're free and um, just chat with you about anything that's going on, and we miss you lots, and um, yeah, we hope the best, and, and we hope that this is all over soon and we can hug you in person. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> agree. All right. Okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. Nice to talk to you guys too. Okay, have a Take good care, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. You too. Thanks.